Welcome to Rex's Bible Minute, a weekly video where we study the Bible and try to let it say what it says. I want to introduce you to somebody today. This is my new producer. Uh, everybody say hi to Henry. Say hi, Henry. Hi. Henry's hanging out with me today, uh, and so if you hear something in the background or some crazy kid laughing and goofing <laughs> off, uh, that's that's him. That's my producer cracking a whip. So uh, we're going to roll through it regardless, and uh, hopefully... Uh, we can learn a little bit from God's Word today, so let's get into it. So we are in Exodus chapter 13. Um, as always, these are meant with, or, or taught with the understanding that you, you've, you've watched up to this point or listened up to this point. Um, that's the way we're supposed to read the Bible, taking things out piecemeal, you know, I like this verse, I don't like this verse, and, you know, grabbing things without looking at the context. It's a real dangerous thing to do. That's, that's how most cults start, and that's how most people fall victim to bad teaching, is they, they don't have an understanding of the context of the verses that are being quoted. So, um, the, our train of thought that we're in at this point, uh, the, the final plague has happened. The death of the firstborn sons in all of Egypt, uh, that includes animals, uh, so th this is just absolutely the worst possible fear for the Egyptians, really for anybody in this part of the world in this time in history. I mean, really, it's the biggest fear for anybody to lose a child. So uh, this is absolutely devastating, and it's the thing that gets Pharaoh across the line. He finally agrees to let the people go. And so the Israelites are set off. Um, they, it's the, the, the middle of the night. They, they grab what they can, and they go. They're loaded up with with treasures and gold and, and wealthy things and animals because the Egyptians are just like, get out. They're afraid of them. They say, maybe we'll all die if we don't get you out the door quickly. And that's kind of where we're at today. And so the people, they, they march off. They're not out of Egypt yet, but they're on their way. And so um, we get to this point where we're, we're going to see God give them instructions about their firstborn sons and consecration. So let's go ahead and read it, uh, 1 through 16 of chapter 13, and then we'll, we'll look at what those things mean and how what it means for us today. So in verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the Israelites of human beings and animals is mine. Moses said to the people, Remember this day on which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, because the Lord brought you out from there by the strength of hand. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today, in the month of Abib, you are going out. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you shall keep this observance in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a festival to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread shall be seen in your possession, and no leaven shall be seen among you in all your territory. You shall tell your child on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. It shall serve for you as a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead, so that the teaching of the Lord shall be on your lips. For with a strong hand the Lord brought you out of Egypt. You shall keep this ordinance at its proper time from year to year. When the Lord had brought you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your ancestors, and has given it to you, you shall set apart the Lord all, all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn offspring of your livestock that are male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn donkey you shall redeem with a sheep. If you do not redeem it, you must break its neck. Every firstborn male among your children you shall redeem. When in the future your child asks you, what does this mean? You shall answer. By the strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. 
When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the first human from the human firstborn to the firstborn of the animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord every male that first opens the womb. Every firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall serve as a sign on your hand and as an emblem on your forehead that by strength of hand the Lord has brought us out of Egypt. So this is a section of scripture you, you might have skipped over a lot. Right? Like you read about this incredible story, you know, about the, the Egyptians... Uh, it's rushing the people of Israel out after the tenth plague. Like it's it's like oh it's action packed, and then we get to this boring thing about festivals, and then you get to the really cool Red Sea crossing and all that action packed stuff, and the, the armies charging them and all that. And verses one through sixteen, it's like, huh? <laughs> it's rules about a festival and about consecrating and redeeming firstborn babies of animals and humans it just seems like it's one that you probably haven't studied a lot it's one that you probably just kind of skip over <laughs> given the choice and i understand that i understand that but it's it's also a, a section of scripture that that gives us two really really big concepts for understanding what god was doing and what he ultimately would do through jesus see we see in here the concept of the firstborn which is all over the Bible, and we see the concept of redemption. You ever gone somewhere and they, they took your, your license, your driver's license? Like, we went canoeing in West Virginia one time, and, you know, the, you get there and you fill out the paperwork, and then they, they ask for your driver's license or your ID, and they keep it. And they say, okay, now we're going to give you a life vest, we're going to give you a paddle, we're going to give you a canoe, we're going to give you a helmet, we're going to give you all these things, uh, and we're going to keep your, your driver's license. And the only way you get your driver's license back is you turn in all the stuff they gave you in the same condition that uh, they gave it to you in. See, redemption's kind of like that. In the ancient world, uh, they didn't have a banking system. They didn't have an insurance system. There was no welfare. I mean, there were some systems, but they are really, really rare. Um, and they, they, they were even later than, than this time frame specifically that we're talking about. We're, talk, we're talking about a, a, an age that there was no safety net. And so people did really drastic things to survive. And so if somebody took on debt, you know, they borrowed money or whatever from somebody, and they couldn't pay it back. A common practice in this part of the world was to give someone as a, a debt slave, essentially, a debt servant. So what would happen is the head of a family would run into hard times, the, the, their crops didn't, didn't come out like they needed to, they didn't get the money to pay it back, this debt. And so they would send one of their household to be a slave until they could pay it off. And this was a really common concept. This was something that happened really regularly. And so they would, and so this person would be essentially a slave to the person they owed money to, until they could pay it off. And when they paid it off, that was called redeeming the person. This was, like I said, it was really normal. It was, it was a common thing. It's not something anybody was readily jumping into, but you know, in a world where there were no safety nets, there was no welfare state, there was no, no social programs to help somebody who couldn't help themselves, this was what they did. And the person wasn't technically considered a slave. 
But that's essentially what they were. They were there and they could be there for the rest of their lives if they were never paid for. If that debt that was owed was not paid. And so we see here that the language that's used is the language of that transaction. And when it talks about redeeming the firstborns, redeeming Israel, redeeming the people, God is saying the price has been paid for you to be redeemed. And that's exactly what Christ did, right? Christ paid the price that we all owed. We were the, the debt slaves to sin. We owed sin. And the only way that we were saved from it was through the price that Christ paid. But that brings us to this concept of the firstborn. If you read throughout the Bible, it's rare that God uses firstborn sons, right? Like you have Isaac, he's kind of the exception because he was the only son, right? And even with him, there's there's some things to be said about uh, in regards to how God used him. But if you go through the line of famous people in the Bible, it's rare that God uses firstborn sons. From David to Elijah, uh, the, the, we, we, we see these, these aren't firstborn sons. And I think there's a reason behind that. God already has his firstborn. And in the world where the firstborn son is the one that is the next head of the family, they're the, the one that inherits the most, they're the one that is in charge, they're the new patriarch of their family. God, it wouldn't make sense for him to use second-born, third-born, last-born sons. If God wanted to accomplish things in this world, in the world that they lived in, he would use the first-born sons because those would be the ones with the most power, with the most influence. They would be the ones who had the most probability to be able to get things done. That's not what God does. God has his first-born son, and so therefore he can use anybody. As a matter of fact, I think God a lot of times uses the weak, the least powerful, those who are the improbable to accomplish the works that he's doing. We even see Moses isn't a firstborn son. So hopefully this lesson was helpful to you. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Say bye. Bye.